I'm going to talk to you a little bit about men of valor. So let's stand for the reading of the word. The scripture challenges us and tells us very clearly, stand in the ways and see. The first thing we need to know is we need to get our eyes open. We need to stand up and get our eyes open today. And ask, request, make a petition for the old paths. Lord, restore to us, return us to where the good way is. Okay? And walk in it. So in other words, just don't look at it, but understand where it will take you and walk in that good way. Then you will find rest for your souls. So Father, we thank you for the truth today. It's your truth. And so as we open it, I pray the Holy Spirit will illuminate that which we all need to hear applied equally across this room to each need. You will severally divide it and and, and specify it for each of our hearts to be able to digest and strengthen. And as we receive it, I know your goal is that we are transformed. We know a little bit more about you and your heart, and we've grown somewhat today, moved in the right direction toward the old path, on the old path. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please be seated. A man of valor, a man of valor. Wow. What does that look like? today. Let's see what that looks like today. Man of Valor. (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. Which one is your favorite? Where does that go? That goes from your wet. Oh, show me. Watch I. Oh, not on me, honey. <laughs> it's sparkling. Thank you. Okay. Hey. Do your heart. <laughs> oh, man of valor. Hey. You have to have some valor to do that, that's for sure, right? <laughs> yeah. In a world that's crumbling around us, in a world where the family is under attack, and often children are being raised without principle, respect, manners, and boy, parents, if they teach them these principles, they will live longer and get along a whole lot better. Uh, Principled living, respect for authority, and manners. If you desire peace, stability, loyalty, and respect to come your way, Ask for the proven paths. Seek for them. And if you desire peace in a family that stands, a long-lasting marriage, if you want true success and happiness, ask for the old paths because those are proven. They are tried and reliable. Not a new way for a new day. I've had enough of that already. Not allowing culture to redefine your values, who you are and what your family is about. So we must go on an archaeological search, and we must rediscover the old paths. And when you've discovered the old path, that which has been proven, infused by God himself, purposed by the Lord, designed by God because he's creator of all, then you're going to find the good success that you hope to have in your seeking in this life. Because in today's culture... 
It's, it's easy to hear these statements made. I identify, well, I'm a male, but I identify as a female, really. I'm white, but I identify as black, really. How about I identify as a cat? Cats don't pay taxes, right? So I'm tax exempt because I've chosen to identify as a cat. I mean, where does this go? This is crazy. The culture is falling apart because everywhere you turn with political correctness and everybody claiming, I'm offended, it's time we took a clear stand and, 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 and unquestioned, we stand for the truth of God's word. Period. That's it. Because the culture is now trying to dictate the standards of society. You must do it our way. You must do it this other way. And hear it, these ways that are being proposed, and you're always a bigot if you oppose them, but these, these ways that are being proposed are contrary to the word and the will of God. So God says if you discover the old paths, you're going to find direction, you'll find peace, you can be confident God will order your steps and take you to the right place. The old paths are tried, they're tested, they're proven. And you will build on a foundation that will stand when the storm is raging. And if we're not careful, folks, we're going to see a storm like we've never seen in these United States. And who's going to stand when it's all said and done? Foundations are the key to the ability of the structure to stand and endure the test of time. And we need to clear the debris off of those old paths and point this, direct, this generation down these old paths for success. We're living in the day when people are forsaking the truths of God's word. And that's rampant and it's crazy what's happening in our culture related to that. I was looking at an article about that just a little while ago. It was talking about how many churches are closing every day in America. And since 1950, how much of a decline there is that now the average church in America is under 100 in size. We have one-third less churches in America than we had in 1950 because we're closing them every single day. And the reasons behind our closure are interesting enough. I was looking at that, and it, it spells that out very clearly. It says one of the reasons that we are closing churches is because no longer are people hearing the truth of God's word. And they have compromised the truth of God's word and let anything and everything go on in the church. That's imaginable. It goes on in the culture. And there's no distinction between the wheat and the tares. It's real simple. Our homes are being decimated and destroyed because people are not seeking the knowledge and the wisdom of God. You must discover the old paths. You study the principles of God's word. Those are the principles that made men successful. We become biblically literate. We know what God is saying. How did these people of Scripture handle life situations? How did Joseph handle temptation? How did they build their families in cultures that were heathenistic and anti-God? How in the world were they able to survive when they were living in lands with multiple gods? How did Paul interface in his culture of corruption and immorality? What principles did Paul embrace as he carried the message of Jesus into the culture of his day? Study the great men and women of God's word. Look how they overcame the tsunami 
of corruption that they faced in each of their cultures. Well, in Hebrews it tells us, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Walk those paths. You'll find peace for your soul. In a day where there's no peace and no rest and turmoil and stresses, where can you find a place of rest? In following the owner's manual, the instruction book, following proven direction. Your family is a treasure given to you by God. That God has blessed you with, with life and placed those around you who love you and, and appreciate you. You've, you've, you've had a trust placed in you that God has ordained. You've been trusted with a treasure. And everyone here has two treasures, your walk with God, your family. There's a story based in an era in World War II, during the time of World War II. It's the story of a team of men who went out on a mission to recover the stolen treasures of the Western culture throughout Europe. A small core of mostly middle-aged men and a few women interrupted their careers as historians and architects and museum curators and professors to mitigate the combat damage. So they found and recovered countless artworks stolen by the Nazis during World War II. And without these preservers of Western culture, a lot of the most important treasures of European culture would have been lost. So as the Allies pushed back the Axis powers, these, this group of people went on a journey, and they went out and they rediscovered uh, these artifacts of history that Hitler had stolen from one country after the other. And these were the stolen paintings, the sculptures, the books, and all these great treasures. And these treasures contained the history and the lineages of the cultures of Europe. Two of those explorers were some of the first through a small gap in the rubble, blocking an ancient salt mine high in the Austrian Alps in May of 1945, where some of the very first treasures were recovered. And the history of the nations needed to be saved. They had to recover all these things that were taken away because it's essential to discover these historical treasures to keep the culture of the past alive, to save it, to inspire future generations to know where we came from so we know where we can go. And these volunteers went into combat zones using their expertise to identify and preserve rare pieces of art and books and manuscripts and statues. And so when the cities were liberated and the countries were free from their oppressors, the history was recovered. That would help point them in the right direction for their future because they had been decimated and everything around them had been taken away from them. They had no, no knowledge any longer of who they were or their identity was taken. So Calvary, there are treasures we've been handed off over our years of the church, of family, of culture. We must keep and preserve for future generations the treasure of the God-ordained family, the treasure of marriage as God instituted it, the treasure of faith in God. Our culture and the godly heritage of America has been invaded. We are engaged in combat. We are in a cultural war today. And there's a thief that has entered, and as he has taken ground, he has begun to remove the treasures and the great landmarks. Ultimately, he desires to destroy the treasure of faith, to destroy the family, and to destroy your home. There are treasures we've been handed more priceless than the treasures of Europe in World War II. 
Paintings were retrieved, sculptures, rare books. Those were treasures sought after that had been stolen during World War II. We have treasures significant to our past and to our families. And they're not just traditions. They are the principles of God's word. And these treasures are significant to who we are as the church, as families, as a people, as a culture. These treasures are under attack. They are targeted for theft. And these treasures play an important role in the foundations of our culture, who we are as Americans. As a boy, Hitler decided he wanted to attend school in Vienna at the Academy of Fine Arts. But he failed to qualify for admittance. And he believed in his heart it was the Jews on the board of the academy who targeted him for rejection. So he blamed them for crushing his early dream. Listen, if you don't deal with that offense, if you allow bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness to fester in your spirit, it takes root and it grows. And it will grow deep roots and tall branches and ultimately destroy everything that it touches. So later when Hitler took control of Germany and began his quest for domination, he targeted the Jews for destruction. In his desire for supremacy, he collected these national treasures. Most of those treasures collected were intended for his Führer Museum in Linz, Austria, a sprawling museum complex that Hitler planned as a showcase to display all the plunder of Europe. So he directed this plunder to be collected from one nation after another, as he, as he conquered them city by city, they would steal the treasures of the city. He would steal their artwork, their sculptures, their books connected with the foundations of their culture. He took the Michelangelos and the treasures to put on display as monuments to his own greatness. And I think of the war we're engaged in today. It's a worldwide war against Judeo-Christian values. It's not confined to the Middle East. We are fighting a spiritual battle for our treasures right here in our own culture because we also have an enemy and the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and to destroy. There's great treasure in our homes, great treasure in our families. Your family is a great treasure to build a godly family, to build a great family, a family with values and principles that God will bless and God will reward, there will be lineage from that will bless future generations. A family that believes that truth and honesty is a treasure. A home, a family, faith built on solid foundation. God's word, a sure foundation. One God handed off to us in trust that there's the God that we serve, the Lord Jehovah. In 1 Corinthians, Paul put it like this. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Very clear. This treasure must be appreciated. It must be protected. It must be passed along to the next generation. This treasure must be valued. Your charge is to build a godly, a strong, godly family. That's the requirement of every man in this building. That's the heritage handed to us. We must protect it. 
we must pass it along to those who follow after us. So dad, your charge is to be a centurion, to be looking after the treasures God placed under your charge, to construct a family with integrity. No, we're not perfect, but one with stability and love and loyalty. A godly family in our culture has become a rare commodity. A marriage intact has become a rare commodity. Families that love one another, families that spend time together with each other, families that pray together, families that attend church together and worship together, led by their godly fathers, men of valor, that's become a rarity. Valor. Strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to encounter danger with firmness. Personal bravery. That's valor. Dad, you have to lead your family to God. You can't just roll over. You've got to stand up and say, this is the way we're going to serve the Lord. You become a Joshua in your family. We will serve the Lord. I don't care what the rest of them do. We will. And then Paul gives us a perspective that we need to keep in mind as fathers. Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them, but take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. This is the way we walk. Men, you have a treasure, and there's an evil force that desires to come and destroy and steal that treasure out of every family and every home. The treasure God has entrusted you. Value it. Guard it. Protect it. And most importantly, live out the treasure before your family. Mentor them. Model it. I'm here today to challenge every man to be a man of valor. When Israel engaged in battle, when enemies attacked, when enemies came in and stole their wives and stole their children and stole their treasures, there were men of valor who went out after them and to recover all that was stolen. There were also 200 men of valor at Ziglag that remained behind to take care of the treasures they couldn't take with them in the battle. So men of valor, you were called to your family to protect the treasure God gave you. So that's the definition of a man of valor. To be a man of valor, you will have to strive to be faithful. You have to be committed to righteousness in the 21st century to be defined as a man of valor. Men, you will have to shun the seducing spirit of our day. You will resist the home-destroying spirit of our day. You will have to acquire the integrity of Joseph and resist sexual advances. Even the most powerful man in the world noticed Joseph, and he was not a God-fearing or serving man, but he was literally the most powerful king in the world at the time. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, talking about Joseph, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Wow. There's nothing more Satan would like to do than to rob you of your faithfulness, thereby robbing you of your spouse, robbing you of your families. And Satan destroys families and marriages and damages children greatly, damages the treasure God intended to be protected and passed along. So don't be slacking, but guard the treasure that God's entrusted you with. Don't play with suggestive text messages. Don't dishonor your sacred temple 
by burying your body and sexting pictures of yourself and thereby losing your treasure. Don't open your home to the thief because he will come through the door and steal your treasure. Don't go to places where the thief lies in wait to steal your soul and even your life because he is merciless. What you think is momentary pleasure has ended time and again in the death of people when all they thought was, I'm just having a little fling somewhere, and people are dead because of it. Don't give yourself to anyone except the one God gave to you in covenant. So a man of valor must be, like Peter described, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up, he said. Gird up your minds. The meaning of that, they were obliged in that day to bind the garments closely around them. And he's saying here, also now, gird up your mind. Protect your mind. Focus your mind. You are to have your mind in constant preparation to discharge your responsibilities, to endure the trials that will come your way, to, to like those who prepare for a task, for a war and conflict, to run a race, you are totally, absolutely focused. You've girded up your mind. You've shut off all the other input so that you can focus on your assignment. So if you desire your family to remain standing and then to pass on a godly inheritance through your children to generations to follow, you must invest in your family. That's treasure God gave you. Now here's a way sometimes we don't think of often enough as Christians. And the wise man wrote it like this. So I recommend having fun. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. There ought to be some joy in your home, some fun times, some laughter, laughter that gets you falling on the floor crying because you're so thrilled and happy in the joy that you have, having fun in your family. He went on to say, people ought to enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live. So there should be a, a, a sense of joy about the believer who's pursuing God and serving the Lord. Enjoy life with your children. Play with them. Show up for their events. Take them shopping. Play sports with them. Teach them skills. Often the enemy has been permitted to steal what life is all about. Life is about the treasure God has placed within your trust. And we're challenged in our culture to keep putting God first. Because we get out of balance very quickly. And we forget that God got to be first in our lives. Now hear what I'm delivering to you. Men of valor, I'm speaking to you. Not just about the now, but about your future, your lineage. Protect the treasure God has placed in your trust. Because these spiritual landmarks and paths must be what you pass on to your heritage. This is what you give them. But we must be reminded of what is important, not expedient. Because it's very easy to get distracted by the expedient and forget what's important. We must be reminded of what is valuable. Because I watch parents in our culture around us today, they spend countless hours, out-of-balance hours, pushing their children into sports. Everywhere they turn around, they're in some other sport. Then a few years later, because you planted in your children, it's okay to skip church for this. It's all right to keep missing church for this. 
You find your children when they become young adults walking away from God, walking away from his church and wonder, huh, how come that happened? Because you planted the wrong seed in their spirit. That's the path you gave them. Listen, that's good perhaps. It's not evil when they're enjoying themselves and having that kind of outlet for sports or any other distraction, not just that one. But without God first, when it's all said and done, it's an empty bag. We are engaged on a battlefield, Dad. The enemy will attempt to steal the treasure of your home. And you're the man who's to stand on the line and say, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. This effort to be men of valor is monumental. It's huge. It takes character and backbone because the whole culture will say, ah, we're doing it. What's wrong with you? It takes encountering danger and facing it down. That's what valor is called and defined by. And those attentive to this erosion that's taking place in our culture creeps right into our lives and creeps right into our families. Listen, it comes in as non, in any way, non uh, attacking. It's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. That's the way it comes in, well disguised. It just slips right in under the wire, and we think it's all right. And the next thing you know, inch by inch, it has eroded everything that God wanted us to build. You, Dad, are positioned to guard that line and to preserve that line. I'm called to guard Calvary Christian Center to keep sin, iniquity, and scandal out of the church. But the same attitude must be yours about your home and about your family. Men of valor, shepherding your home. Now watch. Erosion will show up in your home before it ever shows up in the church. And as the home goes, so goes the church. So we must guard and preserve the valuable treasure of our families and marriages. I didn't aspire as a dad to just be a father in discipline. I didn't just play the authority card. We had a lot of laughs in our home, a lot of fun, a lot of enjoyable times. It's a fun place to be. When Donna was teaching school and there were uh, parties and sleepovers and where we're going to hold it, where can we have it, let's go to Let's go to Shoshola's house. That's a fun place to hang out. Everybody wanted to party in our house. Because we're just big kids having fun with the kids. But men of valor, listen to me. There's a need for us to be positive. Encouragers. Supporters. Men who love their families passionately. To create an atmosphere of happiness and joy and laughter in your home. We must learn the art of being men of valor. From godly fathers, we have learned. And if you didn't have a godly father, then from your spiritual father. Yet you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. And Paul became the spiritual father to those who had none. You need to connect with godly men, mentors, who pass their spiritual DNA into your life. Because marriages today are struggling. Marriage is a treasure God's given to the human race. It's his creation. We have so played with it, toyed with it, 
and, and disengaged it, that we're, we're watching the, the structure God gave us crumble before us. Marriage is to be valued and it is to be protected. It's a sacred trust. And if stolen away, so is our nation eroded. The church is a treasure. And these treasures just don't stay safe on their own. They're not self-protecting. You have to guard these monuments or the enemy will come and steal them. And those men of valor tasked with recovering the stolen treasures back in Europe. Their mission was threefold. Number one. The men of valor would go in and record and report the condition of the treasure following a battle. Number two, the men of valor would supervise emergency repair work if damage had been done to the treasure. And thirdly, the men of valor would ensure no further damage would be inflicted. It stops right here. I think about how that translates into our culture. Men, we are to be those kinds of men of valor. After a battle... And every marriage, every family faces battles. Some families are like combat zones today. Brothers are at war with one another. Sisters are fighting against each other. Their inheritances are being stolen one from another. When someone in the, in, in the upper echelons of the family passes on, spouses are at war in courts. Literal physical battles and injuries are taking place in homes today. Yeah, there are going to be levels of family battles in every home. But the man of valor assesses the damage, the potential for harm. He looks and sees what damage can be done or might be done or already has been done. And then he makes an assessment. And then he goes out and he repairs that damage and makes sure that there's wholeness restored to the family. Everyone who's serving God will have to do this as a man of valor. I've had to do this in my marriage and family because I am a man of valor. I will stand up and do the right thing. You encounter danger with personal bravery. That means you have biblical backbone. And you say, this is the way we're going. And when the enemy attempts to divide the family, sometimes it's sibling rivalry or self-centeredness. You're wearing my shoes. You didn't even ask. That's my toy. Don't touch me. Give it back. No, I'll rip it off of you. And you just came away from a church service, and that's already going on, acting crazy. So you assess the damage, and then you repair and restore what was done. You need to apologize. You need to say you're sorry. In marriage, you will have a disagreement. You have to assess the damage. You need to restore what was harmed. You need to love one another, forgive one another, and apologize when needed. And you get over it. And then you assess the damage and you authorize repair work. Then you ensure no further damage will be done to this treasure. But, uh, but some people think family, you know, is just a pretend thing. You put on a mask and you come to church and act like we have it all together because your family is seated with you and everybody's happy faced on Sunday, but the whole family's messed up, half mad, half angry, disputing, arguing, screaming in the parking lot. This is life today. It's the way families are living in our culture today. And dad and husband, you are to become the man of valor. You step up and repair whatever has been damaged in that battle. You repair it, then you move forward loving one another. You've been through battles. Your family's been through battles. 
Do not allow hell to take the treasure out of your marriage and out of your home. I'm a man of valor. I will stand and see God repair everything the enemy attempted to steal and to destroy. Men of valor earn respect. They earn it. Just because you are a male doesn't mean you have respect. You will earn it. Because the enemy has no regard for your treasure. None. He will use your family as a human shield. He will steal them from you and dare you to come and try to take them back. But men of valor walk through those minefields and rubble, and they seek out that damaged treasure. That's exactly what they did in World War II. That's exactly what we better do for our families. They walk through the rubble and the debris, and they look for that damaged treasure. And if that was valuable to them, how much more valuable are our families and homes? And because they knew that in World War II, future generations need to find these paths that reveal how to become the people that we once were again. And that's how that works. A specific battle took place during World War II in a small town. The entire city was destroyed. American bulldozers now were clearing the rubble to make some paths again. There was no place to even walk. All the streets were gone, sidewalks were gone, everything was bombed into oblivion. And all that was left of this community standing was half of a wall of the one local church. That was all that was left. And as the bulldozer was about to knock down that remaining wall of that one local church, a second lieutenant stepped up in front of the bulldozer and he said, Stop! I have orders from General Eisenhower saying, You cannot destroy this wall because it's a treasure. It has to be preserved. The local commander, looking at this, walks up on the second lieutenant in a very condescending way. He said, this is stupid. There's nothing there but a partial wall. Get out of the way. And the second lieutenant said, look, I have pictures of this wall. It's an historic church. I've already sent them on to General Eisenhower. He will know this wall has been torn down. You have the authority You can make the call, Commander. The commander cussed the second lieutenant and walked away, telling the driver of the bulldozer to back off. Now let me weave that into this story. There was a pastor preaching the funeral of a 17-year-old boy killed by a drunk driver. The mother, the brother, and sister were seated on the front row during the funeral. The pastor preached about one of the wives of King Saul. King Saul had been deposed now, been killed. He lost his inheritance because he did not follow the old paths of obedience to the Lord. One of his wives, two of her sons were hanged and left there because they wouldn't even respect or honor the bodies of the former king's sons. They were left there to be decimated and their mother spread a blanket and would not leave the sight of the, the dead sons hanging for three months. She fought the creatures off at night. She kept the birds of prey away during the day. Spread burlap on, 
burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped the wild animals from eating them at night. And word reached King David, who's now taken over the leadership of Israel, that this lady, who had been married to the former king, two sons are still hanging. And she's stayed there watching to protect the remains for three months. Though long dead, she still fought for the remains of her two sons, what was left. And when word reached the king, he ordered their bodies buried where kings be buried. King David said and ordered that they bury the bones in the tomb of Kish. And the pastor's preaching to this mother of the deceased son and her two children and uses this scripture and says to them, fight for what is left. When hell has decimated your marriage and your family, and something so bad has happened that you recognize things will never be the same again. When it's easy to allow the bulldozer to just come in and topple what's left, and when it seems hopeless, it will never be whole again. But the word of the Lord to you today, Dad, if you're a man of valor, you fight for what is left. You don't give up. You fight for what is left. Today, in South Carolina, in the city of Charleston, the people of that church called Emmanuel Church are fighting for what is left. You tell your dad today, fight for what is left. And I'm saying to you this Father's Day, you might look at your family, you might see holes in the walls and have regrets and things you wish you could have done differently. All you see is war-torn rubble, what your family used to be. The word of the Lord to you today is, if you fight for what is left, there are walls you can rebuild. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls that the enemy had torn down. You fight for what is left. Your marriage may have been damaged by infidelity, by children running away from God. There's been all kinds of hurt, but you can say to the bulldozer of divorce, the bulldozer of unforgiveness, you can say to the bulldozer of damage, enough! You say to the bulldozer threatening to decimate your family, even when family members are no longer speaking, and hell's bulldozer will either wipe out your family lineage from the face of the earth, or you're going to stand in front of it and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm fighting for what's left. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The walls that Nehemiah rebuilt are still standing today. So watch. It takes work to build a family. All kinds of stuff's going to happen. And you will allow the enemy to destroy your home. And you give up or you fight for what's left. And if you'll fight for what's left, God will help you fight for your family. You can be restored. You can be family again. You can forgive again, love again, reach out again. So you to say to those devils, you don't touch my family. You will not have the treasures of this home because we belong to Jesus. And it says, be watchful. That's your job, Dad. And strengthen the things which remain. So the unfolding miracle is not in what you've lost. It's in what remains. And you fight for it. Perhaps you lost the treasure God gave you. 
Enemies walked in and he's destroyed the blessing God gave. The bulldozer is about to finish the job. You've messed up, but there's enough remaining for a great life in the future. There in the rubble, God will direct you to the treasure remaining out of which you can rebuild again. Men of valor, you be brave. You go after the treasure that still remains. Let's stand together. When Navy SEAL Jay Redmond was here over Memorial Day weekend, he left us this list from his book called The Trident. These were the, some of the last things he said to this body of believers in our community. Overcome. Try. Don't quit. Keep trying. You never stop. You always continue. Live greatly. Give back. Lift those around you. Love deeply because it's your relationships that count. Stay humble. Pride will destroy you. Lead always. Regardless of the situation, lead always. Congregation, men who are dads in this room today, men who are husbands here today, be a man of valor. The choice. The enemy will steal your treasure or you will take a stand and bravely fight for your treasure. You get to make that choice. To me, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I'm not going to steal what God gave me. I'm going to pass it. He wants to steal it to stop the gospel's message from coming through your family's lineage. If he steals your family, he has won that individual battle. Don't let him steal from you what God gave you. Go out looking for it. Go out and find it. Go out and repair it. Go out and build it back. Go out and make sure no more harm comes to it. Go back and bring it home. Amen.